Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is MPB News. Hi, this is Karen Brown. Thanks for checking out the Mississippi Edition podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe, hit like, or leave us a comment if your app has that feature. Then find other MPB podcasts by searching MPB Think Radio on your favorite podcasting platform. Thanks. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, March 13th. I'm Karen Brown, and this is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show... Now we've identified our first case of COVID-19 in Mississippi. As Mississippi reports its first confirmed case of COVID-19, the governor's task force issues guidelines and cautions. Then, with travel restrictions and cancellations nationwide, we talk to Insurance Commissioner Cheney about travel insurance. Plus, a recap of correction reform bills in the Senate. That's all coming up. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The Mississippi Department of Health is taking steps to prevent the spread of the coronavirus after the state's first confirmed case of COVID-19, the disease caused by the novel coronavirus. A Forest County man tested positive this week and is now in self-isolation. State Health Officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says the virus has similar symptoms to the flu, and the largest threat is to people over age 65. So coronavirus or COVID-19 is a novel coronavirus Um, It causes a flu-like symptoms. Most of the um, illnesses are relatively mild, although it does cause severe illness in some people, particularly older people and people with chronic underlying medical conditions, are at high risk for bad outcomes. So that's something to consider. It doesn't seem that children are much affected, thankfully, and most people with coronavirus or COVID-19 will make a full recovery. Only a small proportion, less than 1%, are likely to have um, severe outcomes or death. There is no antiviral treatment for, for COVID-19 at this time. There is no vaccine, although one is in, in development. We do have testing at the State Department Health, State Department of Health lab, and to obtain testing, a physician needs to submit it to us, and we can get results back typically within 36 to 48 hours, if not less, depending on what time in the morning that we get it. So um, we do have it available. The testing is already available through commercial labs. The Department of Health is expanding access to testing, making it easier for physicians to order COVID-19 tests. The department has conducted 42 tests so far and can run 200 tests in a day. State epidemiologist Dr. Paul Byers says the state is continuing to streamline the testing process. We have published guidelines for, for all physicians in the state on how to collect the samples. And so, you know, they collect the samples at the, at the clinic level. And then those are, those are packaged. And um, we have a system throughout the state where in any county, uh, a sample that a provider collects to submit to the, to the public health department can be transported directly by courier to the public health lab where it's processed and, and run. And we get results out uh, pretty quickly. 
It, it depends on, on certainly the, the number of tests that, that we're running. Um, right now, though, we're getting, we're getting results out in, in a matter of, of just a few hours after the sample comes to our lab. Obviously, there may be some delay in transit time. But as soon as it hits our door, um, we're working and processing those, uh, those samples on a daily basis. So we have a daily run that's going on now. The Mississippi Department of Health is also issuing guidelines and precautions to prevent the spread of the coronavirus in the state. Health officer Dr. Thomas Dobbs says they're asking residents to avoid large crowds and practice social distancing. To prevent dissemination of COVID-19 in the community, the Department of Health recommends that individuals, communities, and organizations take the following steps. To prevent illness in those most vulnerable, we recommend that anyone over 65 or with complicated medical conditions avoid any gathering of more than 250 people. That's going to be an individual choice that people need to take on their own. We are also strongly recommending organizations or groups having mass events of more than 250 strongly consider canceling. If there are concerns or if there are special circumstances that may dictate that it should be continued, we recommend you call our 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 hotline so that we can give you guidance on ways to mitigate it or to discuss different options. Everyone needs to take precautions at mass gatherings, um, even of smaller numbers, and make sure we use those appropriate hand hygiene and cough etiquette measures that, that you would normally do. Social distancing is also something that we need to consider. For schools, the Department of Health is recommending canceling delaying any mass gatherings over 250 similar, also to cancel any group assemblies that are not necessary or unessential. Consider restrictions of um, athletic events or arrange it in such a way that there are not large mass gatherings of, of students or other individuals, but there is no indication to necessarily close schools at this time. All eight public universities in Mississippi have extended spring break an additional week. Classes at those schools will resume on March 23rd and will be limited to online instruction. The Mississippi Association of Community College Commission, a group composed of the state's 15 community college presidents, has suspended all community college activities through March 30th. This includes all athletic practices and competition. Decisions regarding class scheduling and offerings will be made individually at the campus level. No recommendations are being made at this time to close K-12 schools. However, there are restrictions on mass gatherings. The NCAA has canceled all remaining winter and spring championships. This includes March Madness basketball tournaments, as well as the softball and baseball college World Series. The Southeastern Conference has suspended all regular season competition for teams in all sports on SEC campuses until March 30th. Elder care facilities Facilities are advised to limit visitations to prevent the spread of the disease. The state capitol building is also limiting public events and visitation until further notice. Coming up with travel restrictions and cancellations nationwide, we talk to Insurance Commissioner Cheney about travel insurance. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit, you get information about foods you should eat to stay in good health and tips on how to stay active. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, host of Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit and Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Listen to the show every Monday at 11 or subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy with your preferred podcasting app. This 
This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Across the country, major events are being canceled or suspended in wake of the coronavirus threat. This could mean travel plans for many are being interrupted without any clear indication that events will be rescheduled or fees refunded. Insurance Commissioner Mike Cheney joins us with advice and guidance in negotiating canceled travel plans. Well, the airlines may not reimburse you, um, and and then again, they may. I've got to go, as an example, I've got to go to Phoenix, I suppose, to next week. And we've we've got a survey this morning as to whether or not we really want to go to Phoenix. Uh, that's all the commissioners in the United States. And we're actually meeting on the coronavirus. That's one of the issues we got to meet on and, and try to address. And today they're talking about doing it by phone because of all the uh, travel involved and too many meetings. And there's a case in Arizona. So... What do I do if I have an airplane ticket? Um, one of the airlines, uh, United Airlines, has waivered all change fees. Delta has done the same thing. I can't speak for any of the others. don't know what American has done, but they have said they may reimburse our cost or give us a credit for a future flight. But they haven't said that they would refund the money. But you may they get a credit. Money. Well, in this day and age, this is not political. It's just a fact being very pragmatic about it. Once they get you money, they're going to hold on to it. As long as they can. <laughs> All right. But they might credit your flight. They might credit your flight for a future flight. You'd get a flight voucher. Of course, everybody's um, freaked out about cruises right now. So if you had booked a cruise six months ago and you're, you know, you don't want to go now, what's your recourse there? Well, most cruises, when most people buy a cruise, unless it's an extremely discounted cruise or event, they will buy a travel insurance policy to go with that cruise in case it is canceled. And uh, I think in this case, people can still buy insurance at this late date, even if they have a cruise, say, two weeks from now, you can go back and buy travel insurance if they'll sell it to you. And our advice to people on cruise lines is don't go unless you absolutely unequivocally have to. We've got a lot of young kids that are going on spring break on, on travel on cruise lines, but, um, they think they're invincible and they can do anything. And by and large, the coronavirus doesn't affect young people as much as it does an older person. So maybe if they do get it, it's not as bad. But what they don't realize, they're going to be quarantined for 14 days if somebody on the ship gets coronavirus. Or kept on the ship for 14 days, or kept on as we've 14 seen in, in one example. Um, all right, so, so generally when it comes to... Planes, trains, and automobiles. No, planes, trains, cruises, that sort of thing, and hotel expenses. If you cancel, you just need to contact them to see whether they're going to reimburse you? That's correct. You need to contact them and, let, and see if they will reimburse you. If you plan on traveling, you can buy travel plans that will reimburse your total cost of a trip but um, and all the other expenses related to it. But in those cases, that, that those premiums are very high, usually 20% of what it would normally cost. Because at this point, if someone has a trip that's scheduled for next month, and it's to a country that is not, you know, it's out of, it's out of the country, but it's a country that's not, that has not been affected yet, they may be hesitant to cancel their trip, but wonder whether their trip is still going to be viable a month from now. Well, even if someone let's take for an example, you've got a, a trip booked to Jamaica. Jamaica's not going to let you in. They wouldn't let a cruise ship in um, recent, very recently that uh, was in the Caribbean. So 
you you may not have a choice. You may have to cancel your trip anyway. If you're going to um, uh, some other countries in Central America that have not experienced the coronavirus, they may cancel you out or screen you fairly well before they let you into the country or put you back on the airplane. But um, a lot of that's been checked at the port of uh, deparkation, uh, not in, uh, embarkation, I should say. So uh, you run the risk of not being able to be admitted. So check with the State Department, which has travel, all the travel advisories on their website. That's uh, United States Department of State. And uh, you can Google it and look up and see what the travel advisories are for any country, whether they have the coronavirus in that country or not. Well, and also if you – they may not let you in, but they may not let you out – I imagine there are Americans in Italy right now who are stuck in Italy. There are a lot of Americans stuck in Italy that cannot get out. And um, there are a lot of Americans stuck um, not only in Italy, but uh, in the European countries that can't get out either. Same thing goes for parts of China and Southeast Asia. So you don't want to get stuck somewhere and not have the money to stay there for an extra 14 days. Nobody's going to take care of you. You got to remember, you're not in America when you're in Southeast Asia, or China, or somewhere else. What's the State Department's website again, please? Uh, just Google uh, United States Department of State. Okay. And you and you'll have a sector that says, "What do you want to know?" And it'll say, "I want to know travel advisories." That's what you want to look for: <laughs> travel advisories. All right. Mike Cheney is the insurance commissioner for Mississippi. Thank you so much. Good advice today. Thank you, Karen. Coming up, a recap of corrections reform bills in the Senate. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought about changing the doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult, and yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101, podcast everywhere. If you ever miss one of our locally produced shows or want to simply hear it again, you can find what you need at mpbonline.org or download our podcast app to your smartphone. MPB programming is on your schedule at mpbonline.org. Mississippi edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Karen Brown. Mississippi lawmakers are tackling the state's prison crisis with legislation designed to keep violent criminals off the streets and still foster hope. Senator Bryce Wiggins of Pascagoula says he's tried to pass a bill to fight gang activity in the state for two years. Each bill passed the Senate but died in the House. This year, he's trying again. Wiggins, the chair of a judiciary committee, updated the bill, creating a legal definition for gangs. He tells our Desiree Frazier the measure goes after leaders outlawing recruiting or coercing someone to become a member. We all know in the state of Mississippi, we have these problems with gangs. And if people don't know that or they deny it, then they're living in a fantasy world. And law enforcement... And uh, prosecutors have, have asked for uh, these tools to address the situation that's going on. This was a tool to do that. It's based off a Georgia law that was passed. Other states across the country have some version uh, of this law. And in essence, it is to get 
at the criminal enterprises that are gangs now. The gangs back in the day, like you and I knew, that's they're different now. They are criminal enterprises, and as I said on the House floor, I'm sorry, on the Senate floor, um, they are engaged most recently in things like human trafficking. That is what they do, and this gives them. Uh, meaning the law enforcement, the ability to uh, investigate and go after these gangs. What did you update that made it more palatable? Um, so that's a good question, and uh, I was happy to do it. We, In short, we tightened down the language of what is, constitutes a gang and what what is criminal gang activity as defined under the statute. And um, as I said on the Senate floor, criminal statutes... Uh, by the Constitution and by the law are interpreted very strictly or else uh, they don't pass constitutional muster. And we, ha- and I think that we've gotten it to, where, to a point where it is that it's very narrow. There has to be uh, specific elements that have to be proven. Enhanced penalties? No, it's not enhanced penalties. It's what's the definition of that crime. <clears throat> the analogy that I used was burglary. There's about four or five elements that have to exist before you can even be certainly convicted, but much less charged. There's an element in there about threats. Uh, yeah, because that's how these gangs operate. They go threat witnesses. They, get, they threaten law enforcement. They do all that. They threaten their membership to not leave. That's what they do. So that's what we're trying to get at. So the key element of this is going to give enforcement more tools? Yes, that's right. Republican Bryce Wiggins is the chair of the Senate Judiciary B Committee. John Horn, a Democrat from Jackson, opposes the bill. Democrats uh, largely felt that uh, the bill was not necessary, that there are sufficient uh, laws in the books to address uh, the um, uh, issue of gangs in the state of Mississippi. Um, and what, what it, it, this bill did was, was to tighten up rules of, of punishment towards folks who are considered to be organizers of gangs, uh, and uh, it also uh, puts more punitive measures in place for those organizers. I also had something in there about threats. Well, uh, yeah, if uh, someone was coerced or or threatened to uh, join a gang, then the person who did the the coercion or the threat uh, could be held culpable as well. And, and the the, uh, the penalties were the, the thing that that we um, um, were uh, we found more, most onerous. If let's say that um, uh, a person were to shoplift, uh, and uh, it could be proved that uh, the shoplifting was coordinated by a gang, uh, then uh, much much stiffer penalties would be imposed on the person who committed the shoplifting uh, than would otherwise have been imposed. What's wrong with that? Well, we just felt, felt that um, the, the way that they define gangs uh, could be uh, used as a, as a tool or weapon for uh, law enforcement to go after folks who really were not in a gang. They, they may happen to dress alike or, or have... Um, uh, some sort of club that they belong to, or they just, you know, just happen to dress alike. And, and so um, uh, let's say that, that a person who, who did commit a shoplifting offense, uh, who was an adult, um, uh, did the, the uh, offense, and then was picked up by a couple of guys who had nothing to do with uh, the shoplifting, 
the three of them could be, be um, arrested and, and uh, uh, described as a gang, and then those different penalties would kick in, and maybe two innocent people would be caught up in it. Democrat John Horn is from Jackson. The Senate is also passing a bill addressing correctional safety and rehabilitation. Corrections Chair Democrat Juan Barnett of Heidelberg says under the new bill, people can go before the parole board after serving one-fourth of their sentence. He tells our Desiree Frazier the rehabilitation reform gives inmates hope. Great bill. Uh, it's uh, probably one of the most important pieces of legislation we, go, we have going forward to address uh, the issues that we are having in our correction system right now. So uh, I'm just excited that it made it through the Senate and headed to the House and uh, hopefully to become law very soon. What are one or two key points that you think are really important? It gives individuals hope. Whereas in the past, you know, individuals would have these long sentences and regardless of what they did, uh, good behavior-wise, anything like that, there was still no hope for them to ever have the possibility of being re- uh, being released. And this changes that. It gives individuals the opportunity. It gives them hope now. To whereas if they go in and do well, then they now have the opportunity to appear before the parole board. It does not guarantee them parole, but it guarantees, but it gives them the opportunity to go before the parole board, an option that they didn't have before. And I just think that's very important going forward, you know, is to let individuals know that if you do good, then here we are to be willing to accommodate you based on your behavior while you have been incarcerated. There are a number of criminal justice bills in the midst of this prison crisis. Your thoughts on coming forward with legislation uh, to deal with the issue? I think we have taken some great steps in, in, in addressing as many issues as we possibly can during this legislative session. Um, that will hopefully find, you know, we will find ourselves um, out of the situation that we're in going forward. I mean, you know, but we have to be mindful that what we're doing right now is not to fix all, but it's a great start. The parole issue, the uh, trustee earned time, there were some objections to that. Well, there was, but if you notice, there was also objections to 21-23. Some people, because of misinformation uh, that has been given to them, uh, do not fully understand, you know, what it is that we're trying to do. We're not out there advocate for any and everybody, but there are some people that we know that need a second chance. And I just believe, you know, that that's, that's what we should do. And I just find it kind of ironic, you know, is that prior to individuals going to jail, we don't want Bibles anywhere. When they go to jail, we give them all we can find. But in the same time, we can't find it within ourselves to want to forgive these individuals and give them a second chance. So, you know, it's just... Right now, I'm just asking everybody to practice what we preach, and that is if we're going to preach forgiveness, then let's practice it as well. Well, there was concern about violent offenders or... This, this, this doesn't address all those things that they're concerned about. If they would just read the bill, they would see exactly what it does. Democrat Juan Burnett of Heidelberg is the chair of the Corrections Committee. Republican Bryce Wiggins, Senate Judiciary B Committee chair, says inmates need incentives, but also stresses habitual or sex offenders are not eligible for parole under this bill. Prison inmates, and I'm no expert, but they have to have behavior modification. They have to have incentives or else they sit there and go crazy. And what I, the, the current interim 
uh, corrections commissioner, any correction commit has has said that's a problem that 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 doesn't exist. That the laws as they are now they have to are, have hope. They have to have hope, and I want to say that Senator Chastanel, who has served on the parole board, was gave a excellent description of what that means. And I think what people have to realize is uh, there's a difference between the prosecution of that and what the parole board does. Uh, the parole board already has things. And, and in this law, there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that grants early parole to sex offenders, to habitual offenders, uh, to capital murder defendants at all. And uh, I understand there's misinformation. It doesn't do it. And under the parole, current parole statutes, the parole board... Um, already can make a decision on that, and the, this bill actually increased the numbers of people it takes to grant parole on sex offenders and, uh, and life, life habituals and all of that. Republican Bryce Wiggins, Senate Judiciary B Committee. Thanks for listening to the Mississippi Edition podcast from MPB News and MPB Think Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already. And if your app lets you, leave a comment or review. We really do appreciate it. Remember, you can always get in touch with MPB News on Facebook and Twitter. And fresh episodes of the podcast are posted every weekday morning. I'm Karen Brown. Thanks for listening. This is Mississippi Edition from MPB Think Radio.